welcome to Infectious Diseases Hub. Today I'm talking to Helen McShane, Professor of Vaccinology at Oxford University. Helen has led the TB Vaccine Research Group at Oxford University for 15 years, leading the development of one of the most clinically advanced new TB vaccine candidates. Thank you Helen for joining us today. First, could you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your career to date? Sure. So I'm Helen McShane. I'm Professor of Vaccinology at the University of Oxford and Deputy Head of the National Department of Medicine. Um, I've been working at Oxford since, uh, well, I've been leading the TB vaccine program here at Oxford since 2001, which was after I'd done six years as a junior doctor um, in full-time clinical practice and my PhD, which was in Oxford. Great, thank you. So you've been involved in researching TB for over 10 years. What first sparked your interest in this area? So my clinical field is infectious diseases and with a particular focus on HIV medicine. And I first became interested in TB when I started looking after patients with HIV. And this was in the early 1990s in the UK and it was before the advent of antiretroviral therapy. Um, and at that time we had a lot of patients who were very sick and a lot of patients who were getting TB because people with HIV are more susceptible to TB, both in terms of reactivating so-called latent infection and in terms of developing new disease. So it was that that first interested me in, in TB as a, as a pathogen itself. Um, and in fact, what's interesting now is although we have treatment for, anti uh, for HIV and antiretroviral therapy is very successful, um, people with HIV, even despite antiretroviral therapy, remain more susceptible for t to TB. So the, the need for better tools remains. Mm. Um, could you outline some of your current research projects? Sure. So I think my, my sort of three leading research projects at the moment are firstly to evaluate the uh, aerosol route of delivery of a new TB vaccine in the clinical trials. I'm particularly interested in this because in animal models it seems that giving a new TB vaccine direct into the airways is a more effective way to give a TB vaccine than giving it into the systemic circulation. So we're doing uh, a number of studies to look at that, uh, the potential for that route of immunization in, in humans. Uh, the second thing I'm interested in is developing human challenge models. So in malaria and flu and typhoid vaccine development, people use human challenge models where you actually infect people with the pathogen in a very controlled way in order to test vaccines. And what this allows you to do is test vaccines in early stage trials before you move to very big, very expensive field efficacy studies. Uh, TB is a bit tricky in that we can't give people TB for fairly obvious reasons, um, but we can give people BCG. And if you forget for a minute that BCG is a vaccine, and instead of that, think about BCG as a live attenuated strain of Mycobacterium bovis, which is licensed for human use, then there is the potential to use that organism as a challenge agent. So we've done three studies where we have uh, delivered that vaccine challenge agent, which is also a vaccine, into the arm um, and looked at recovery of BCG from, from the vaccination site. And we're now doing a study 
funded by the Gates Foundation, where we give BCG by aerosol into the lungs to see if that is a um, effective way to, to develop a challenge model. So that's, that's my second project that I'm interested in. And then the third project that we're doing at the moment a lot of work on is looking at new antigens. So TB has got 4,000 antigens, and at the moment, throughout the world, we're only using about 11 of those 4,000 or so antigens in the generation of TB vaccine candidates that are currently being tested in the clinic. So we're using two methods to look for new antigens, firstly a method based on mass spectrometry, um, and secondly collaborating with um, colleagues in the U.S. to identify antigens or to test antigens that they have identified in their programs. So why do you feel we need alternatives to the BCG vaccine? Well, I think I'd rephrase that question, if I may. I'm not sure we need alternatives. I think we need additions to BCG. So BCG is one of the world's most widely used vaccines. It's been given to over 3 billion people throughout the world. And when given at birth, BCG does confer consistent and reliable protection against disseminated disease, particularly TB meningitis, uh, so TB that is spread outside of the lungs. But we know that BCG is much less reliable at protecting against lung disease, which is where the burden of both mortality and morbidity and the economic burden is. Um, so, but it's because of that protective effect of BCG in infancy that really all the development strategies are designed to build on BCG in some way, either by boosting it or by improving upon BCG itself, if you see what I mean. So, so that's, that's why I would say I think we need to improve on BCG. Um, why do we need to do that? Well, the latest WHO report published in 2016 shows that uh, uh, TB kills more people than any other pathogen now throughout the world. In 2015, there were 10.4 million new cases of TB throughout the world and 1.8 million deaths throughout the world. So, so really, you know, the need to develop new tools with which to control this epidemic has never been more urgent. Uh, we have multi and extensively drug-resistant strains of TB, which are very much harder to treat. We have continuing increased susceptibility to TB in people who are infected with HIV despite antiretroviral therapy. Um, and vaccination is, of course, the most cost-effective way to control any infectious disease epidemic. Mm. So you largely work on recombinant. Oh, sorry, you largely work on recombinant viral vector TB vaccines. Do you feel this is a more promising approach than, for example, subunit or live attenuated vaccines, or do you think they're all valuable methods to continue investigating at present? Recombinant viral vectors are a very potent way to induce particularly cellular immunity, and we know that cellular immunity is critical for uh, protection against TB, as evidenced best from the HIV-infected population. Um, but they're not the only way to induce cellular immunity, and uh, as you point out, protein adjuvant vaccines can also do that. And as I said, there are other groups working on, on replacing BCG itself rather than developing booster vaccines. I think the very simple answer is we simply don't know at this point in time. Um, and I think uh, when working with a pathogen as complex and as successful as T 
TB, we need as many different approaches as possible um, to be pursued in parallel. I think it would be very wrong for the field at the moment to focus on one uh, angle on this or one method of, of boosting mycobacterial immunity. And I think the more different ways we have of doing this, uh, the better, um, until we know more and know what the best way will be. Great, thank you. What do you consider to be the greatest challenges currently hindering the development of new vaccines for TB? There are many challenges. I think TB is a very, very successful pathogen, and if TB vaccine development were easy, we'd have done it by now. Um, I think the most important challenge is the lack of immune correlates of protection, which means that we can't really say whether a vaccine is going to work or not without doing a very big, very expensive field efficacy study. Um, and if we could develop immune correlates of protection, and there are lots of groups, including my own, doing this throughout the world, then that would really be a game changer in TB vaccine development. We're particularly interested in developing mycobacterial growth and emission assays. So these are functional assays that measure the sum of the parts of the host immune response with a view that that, that perhaps is a better correlate of protection and doesn't necessarily require an understanding of the underlying uh, mechanisms of protection. Um, but if we could demonstrate such assays as correlating with protection, then that, that would be a real game changer for, for us and the rest of the field, I think. I think other challenges are that we have several preclinical animal models of TB vaccine development, um, and we all use many of those models, um, but we don't actually know which, if any of them, is the best model of, of replicating human disease. It's very difficult to model the complexity of human disease in preclinical animal models. And this is a bit tricky in an egg. As with a correlate, we won't be able to validate either an animal model or a correlate until we have a successful vaccine. Um, but I think we have to continue to try and nudge this field forward in an iterative way and learn as much as we can from all the studies, including the efficacy studies that, that we conduct. Um, I think the other critical issue is, is the infrastructure and the funding required for all this work, the, the SL3 level animal work, the uh, clinical trials, particularly um, in, in high burden countries. Um, I think we have made a great deal of progress over the last 10 or 15 years in this field, but I think it's absolutely critical that this progress is maintained and the pace of development continues um, if we are ever to develop a better vaccine. Great, thank you. Um, and finally, looking forward, how close do you think we are to eradicate CD and what steps could help bring this about faster? I think it's really important to be optimistic and set optimistic challenges, but I also think it's important to be realistic and to understand uh, what, is, what is possible. I think eradication is a very big word, and I think we're a long way from that. Um, I think we have to continue the momentum in vaccine development because actually that is the has to be the long-term goal for any infectious disease eradication program. Um, but I think it's going to take us a while to get there because it's a difficult pathogen and these are difficult challenges that we have. I 
think it's really important that we continue development in new drugs and new diagnostic tests in parallel with that because those are perhaps short to medium term goals that will facilitate the control of this epidemic. I don't think there's going to be one simple single answer to this. I think we have to pursue all angles and I think we increasingly have to work collaboratively as a field um, to really exploit the synergies between these different areas uh, and to maximise the amount of information gained. Great, thank you. Helen, thank you again for joining us today and for telling us more about the need for additional TB vaccines. Finally, thank you for listening to this podcast from Infectious Diseases Hub. You can find exclusive interviews as well as more news and journal articles on www.idhub.com.